Welcome to Investor Insights, the wealth management podcast where we address investor needs, help you enhance your financial situation, and explore all parts of a person's financial life. And now, the host of Investor Insights, Mike Williams. Hello and welcome back. It's Mike Williams here and uh, thanks for joining the podcast. Today we're going to talk about spinning tops. You know, we all recall when we were kids playing with spinning tops. If you're over 50, of course, these days kids' toys are quite a bit more advanced than those wooden pieces that spun around in circles in one place until you fell asleep or they toppled over. Speaking of spinning, this week's data on the U.S. portion of the global economy was, in several channels, far more upbeat than one would have expected from listening to the media noise in the peanut gallery. That stream of stable data ended with the morning's report of employment on Friday. Again, better than expected. More jobs, more income, more future purchases, more growth, even if slower than desired in a perfect world. By the way, as referenced earlier this week, there is no perfect world, nor should we wish for one. Because think about it, if we got it, what would we do next? I know that's kind of deep, but... We can talk about that later. Back to spinning tops. As you may have guessed, even though the ink had not yet dried on the unemployment report, or I guess we should call it the employment data on Friday morning, not surprisingly, an entire flock of black swans clouded the picture. It seems, uh, see if you can follow me here, that the data has mustered up this new impression from the batch of the latest experts. Think of it this way. Last week, the world was on the precipice of decline, sitting on the edge of oblivion due to a strong dollar, weak oil, no global demand, loss of productivity, an earnings recession, and of course, the complete and utter collapse of China. By the way, they're still producing the equivalent of a new Greece economy every year. That was all bad, of course, and made even worse because the fear was still that the Fed did not get it and would raise rates anyway, driving us into depression. To cap all that off, if you were not afraid enough of the risk of another rate hike, the experts told us what would be even worse. The economy was still so weak that the Fed would have to go to QE4 and completely reverse their rate hike, sending us all into the same black pit. But think about it. While these chuckleheads spin back and forth between these dire, nearly opposite scenarios, you're seeing, I hope, that there is no right answer. In other words, if the employment report had been bad, that would have been bad news. But since it was good, that was bad news too. You see, there is no correct outcome, nothing that can be just okay. There is no threading the needle, missing the mountainside, or avoiding Armageddon. Now, of course, an entire hundred hours later, the world we face has once again changed and all, yep, you guessed it, for the bad. Crude, thought to be going to $20, in some cases 10 bucks from some experts just 10 days ago, it's bounced all the way back from $26 to $34, oddly enough, a 30% increase, and we're now being told it is a sure ignition to massive inflationary pressures. Can you believe it? $26 oil was deflationary spiral. 
and $34 oil is inflationary concern. Now I want you to think about the logic there just for a second and remember a year ago it was 115. <laughs> the beige book was pretty stable. So were retail sales and personal income. Oops. Now we're told that's bad because the Fed's in a jam. They raise rates and send us into a depression, Act 2, or they'd go to QE and have inflation and bubbles spiral out of control in every direction. Notice again, there's no good outcome. The ISM data, well, guess what? That was better than expected, and it's actually growing. Meanwhile, the capper was the all-feared unemployment report as noted. It was better than expected. The new spin is going to go something like this. Some expert will get a few minutes airtime, and they will say something like this. You know, the employment data was strong. Oil has already hit a low. Commodities are screaming back as costs will begin to pinch corporate profits. On top of that, the Fed cannot, in any manner, now back off those interest rate increases. This is clearly going to lead to a stronger dollar, further depressing U.S. profits, and causing even more global turmoil in the currency markets. The Fed's in a jam, in a pickle, and there's no way for them to turn now. God help us all. Buy gold and be ready for a massive correction as profit margins will continue to be squeezed. Back to me here, no longer faking an expert. I think I got it all in that paragraph, but you do see the point, right? You see the spinning around and around and around different stories for the very same data. You see the process moving from one set of massive problems to a new set of massive problems, no matter the output or information. Assure yourself of this. If the data received in recent reports was precisely opposite of what it was, and mostly bad, the new spin would have been entirely opposite, but all still bad. What to do? Well, first, Let's take a look at what everyone else is doing. Thomson Reuters tells us that the January data is out on mutual fund movement and selling was at record levels. Get this quote. Investors yanked more than $60 billion from mutual funds in January, the highest level of outflow in one month since September of 2008. They went on to say this took place as stock markets suffered their worst January in 20 years. This also was in uh, late in the week from Bank of America Merrill Lynch, BAML for short. For the week ending March 2nd, investors poured almost $6 billion into bond funds, the largest weekly amount on record. Think about what that's telling us. Here we are. Bouncing back a little from a horrible start to the year, as we're told. By the way, that's normal in an up market over the years. But here, just after a couple weeks, we get record amounts of selling in mutual funds and record amounts of buying in bond funds. I don't know. Um, that's classic panic, fear-driven, knee-jerk reaction scenarios from the masses. And what we've learned about those scenarios over many, many, many decades is they are all almost entirely, exactly incorrect. Look, the fact is, is um, our latest research says the market has bounced back into what's probably going to become a little bit of resistance level. 
What does that mean? That means the market might try to pause here. Uh, that would be a healthy environment. You heard us say on several of the last podcasts that we want this fear to last a good deal of time. The longer fear is invoked in the minds of the mass audience, the longer the rally will be following it and the steeper decline. That's just the way markets work. The more scared people get, the longer they will take to come back in and the farther the market will have to rally to get them back in because I assure you, everybody who gets terrified of a stock market because of a low price, there is a price high enough to cause them to want to get back in. I know, bizarre, sounds funny, but that's exactly what happens. Now here's the thing. The next few weeks will tell us whether this market is ready to go screaming to the upside again and surprise everybody or whether it still needs a little time to move back and forth and kind of uh, backpedal a little bit, keep people a little bit afraid. A little bit of a pause here is perfectly normal. In fact, I hope it unfolds. Shallow, low volume, lasting a few days, that tells you the market is strong. Even shallower, lower volume and going almost nowhere for a few days, that tells you the market is extraordinarily strong. And the only thing stopping it from trekking upwards is the audience fear. Now, here's what we need, what we need to get. The world is changing in massive ways. We need to get tuned into this. These are larger events that are unfolding well beyond the headlines. The kids, the generation we call Generation Y, are taking over slowly but surely. They will change all that we know. As the baton is passed in industry after industry, we can expect a few shaky periods. Those are the periods of unrest that we must focus in on and take advantage of as these powerful forces unfold. Do not make the mistake of thinking too short-term and having an emotional reaction to normal circumstances in the broader picture. I want you to recognize this. Over the next three, five, seven to ten years, the next decade, nearly 50 million kids are going to move out of their houses, out of their parents' homes. They're going to start their own households. We're going to see the same surges in certain sectors that we saw in the secular bull market that lasted nearly two decades, kicked off by the baby boomers in the early 80s. So think of it this way. If someone could walk in tomorrow, sit down at your desk, and promise you that the markets would be far higher 10 years from now, what would you do? Well, I'll tell you what you'd do. You'd look forward to corrections. You would use every dip to add to your holdings for long-term rewards. Why? Because you know the market is going to be higher 10 years from now. So I want you to think about that for a second. I want you to realize that every other time we've been afraid, they've been primarily low points in the market. They were difficult. It took a lot of energy to ignore the garbage from the outside and think about the long term, but yet here we are again on the edge of more monsters, bigger than ever before. And by the way, when these, mar when these monsters are languishing in the dustbin, just like everyone before them, the new ones that we will find, I don't care whether it's a quarter or two or five from now, the new monsters will be bigger than we've ever seen, scarier than we've ever heard about, and more destructive than we can imagine. They will always get worse. 
But remember this, faith and fear about the future ask us the same thing. Both of those emotions are quite opposite. Both of those emotions have played throughout the history of the market. Those who had faith in the future of the United States saw their wealth grow because they invested in that future. Those that were afraid of the future of the United States saw their wealth shrink because they didn't invest. They let fear drive their marketplace. So here's the thing. Both of those elements ask us to believe the very same thing. They want us to believe something we cannot see. So I think what you have to realize is that the future has, excuse me, the future is uncallable, but the past has taught us what that future probably looks like. I'm not suggesting we have a crystal ball. I'm simply suggesting that people are always the same. So when everyone around you is terrified, you need to recognize that as lessons from the past. Hope these thoughts have been helpful. Our better days are ahead. The economy is far stronger than people recognize, and it's got huge, huge tailwinds behind it. So don't be surprised by that. Pray for more red ink. Use them for your long-term advantage. I hope the fear stays around longer. Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for joining us. Until we see you next time on the next podcast, may your journey be grand and your legacy significant.